We're learning more details of what led to the killing Two officers in Simcoe County shot while attending what's being called a domestic call, this between a grandmother and grandson at an Innisfil home Tuesday night. Toronto Sun reporting that the officers were said to be ambushed by an armed gunman hiding behind the door, who then opened fire on the officers as they entered the home and then turned the gun on himself. Now, would these officers have known that there was a weapon inside? Like, what happens to it's the protocol when a disturbance or a domestic call goes out? Uh, certainly those questions being asked, but it does follow the assassination of Constable Andrew Hong just last month, and of course the, the death of uh, York officer Travis Gillespie, who was killed by a drunk driver back on September 14th. Dave Perry is a former homicide officer and part of our 640 Toronto security analyst team. And um, certainly, uh, Dave, on a day like this, certainly after what we have seen in the last month, I mean, this is almost unheard of. Yeah, it certainly is unheard of to have... Uh two police officers murdered on the same day at the same time. And, and this one especially is going to sting so closely on the heels of uh, Andrew Hong and, and the York regional officer, as you mentioned. So, yeah, very sad day in policing for sure. Not to mention Simcoe. I mean, that is a, I've been there certainly in my earlier days of reporting. It's a small police force. And so it's the kind of place where everybody knows everybody. Everybody in that policing community would be very tight. And so not only is this going to have a big impact emotionally, but on the service itself, because it's not that big of a service. Yeah, it's a small place. Uh, I heard the news at about 4.30 this morning. And because it's a small service, the first thing I did was think of my two godsons who are both officers there. So I started reaching oh, really? them right away to make sure that they were okay. And I was starting to get responses back that they were okay, but devastated because, of course, uh, everybody knows everybody and every officer knows every officer. So this has impacted them in a, in a very significant way. What happens? So, I mean, we only have a preliminary reporting, certainly um, Toronto Sun reporting some of the details that you also have likely heard by now, that this was a domestic call between grandmother, grandson. There was obviously a gun. The cops were ambushed. When you get a call for a disturbance, that's anything from a domestic and or a, a fight, let's say. But would that uh, come up as a call that th there would be a gun on premise if there was a registered weapon? Like, how does that work? How do the cops know what they're going into? Well, the, the, you know, the, the biggest support for policing, of course, is the 911 operators and dispatchers who do all the background checks that they can possibly do before an officer attends the scene to see if they can get in front of any of that kind of information, as you said, if there happens to be weapons registered. But, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's rare, you know, unless somebody's uh, a registered gun owner of, of handguns, quite frankly. There's probably no information on, on rifles or any other kind of long guns. So you're kind of going in there blind. And these kinds of disturbance calls are calls that police officers go to many times a day, not, not just a, you know per week or per shift or per month. You're going to these calls all the time, and 99% of them uh, end up you know, being resolved in some manner that doesn't involve violence. But as we've all known and seen through the past, these are also the calls that are so emotionally charged. They can, they can turn deadly very, very quickly. So even though officers are on high alert when they go to these calls, you never know what's going to happen. Right, which then you know, suggests that there, there must have been some 
um, level of comfort with the attending officers. For them to enter a home, and if you had attended a call as an officer, um, when you enter a home, does that is that the automatic assumption that police are fairly comfortable knowing that the situation's not dangerous? For them to go into that house, what would that have taken, or is that standard? Well, it's it's hard to speculate, um, but I can tell you that you you, you never have a, a complete level of comfort going into somebody's house, you know, especially when there's a report that there's any kind of a, a disturbance or violence. It's just the opposite. You're on you're on high alert. So mm-hmm. police officers don't walk in, you know, feeling comfortable or have their guard down or anything like that. Just just the opposite. But you know. Um, it's possible in a case like this, as as it was with uh, Andrew Hong, who I also knew, that uh, you're completely ambushed and, quite frankly, didn't see it coming. And it, it's starting to sound like that might have been the case here, what happened in Innisville. After the fallout, uh, certainly of Constable Hong, who was assassinated, um, you know, in speaking to John Reed, the president of the Toronto Police Association, you spe- speak with other rank and file members. I mean, the morale is, is pretty low right now. I have to think that cops uh, feel pretty much under attack if they're not being, you know, peppered with defund policing um, activists on them all the time. They've got politicians really just uh, hashtagging, you know, policy. I have to think being a police officer today is, I don't know if it's a thankless job, but certainly, um, you know, has to be more and more frightening every day. Yeah, you know, I talk to young officers all the time, and, you know, the morale is certainly not where it needs to be for a healthy police service. And, and I'm talking about every police service across the country. But that being said, it, I've never heard anybody say it's a thankless job. It's a more difficult mm-hmm. job. That's the phrase that I hear all the time. It's a, it's a tough time to be a police officer today. But it's still, uh, you know, in my view and in the view of a lot of people that I talk to, not just police officers, a very honorable profession and police officers take a lot of pride in the work they do. They quite frankly have to take an awful lot of crap these days that, you know, we didn't have to take when I was a police officer, but uh, they take it with a grain of salt and they take the wins. You know, you take the small wins to, it sounds, it might sound a little bit corny, but police officers, most of the officers I know, they, they, they joined to serve, you know, mm-hmm. to serve their community and to, to do it one sort of call or one person at a time. And, and that's where the wins are. If you just go home and you've helped a few people on a, on a particular day, if you've locked up a couple of bad people, that just adds a bonus to your day. And, uh, and that's what it's all about. And a, a lot of officers are strong and, and make sure that they're not too distracted by all the negativity that's uh, certainly been circling around for, let's say, the last five or ten years here where, like you said, people yeah. want to be funded and so on. So it's, it's a thankless job at times, but... I don't think most officers go to work thinking that. This is um, Simcoe County. A lot of these smaller detaches, you know, in Midland, uh, Barrie, uh, Simcoe County, I mean, they, they were, um, you know, put up in times that were much uh, sleepier, you know. But now we've got these regions outside of Toronto that are dealing with big city crime where, where gang affiliates know, hey, it's cheaper to live outside of Toronto. We can, you know, expand our, our networks. We can spread our drugs, spread our guns, whatever. It's not the same as it was. And so in your mind, what needs to change, Dave? Because, um, you know, s- these smaller detaches, 
branches can only do so much. They're dealing with a completely different kind of sophistication in crime in 2022. What needs to change at the policing level? Is this something OPP needs to take over? How? What's the solution? No, definitely. It's not definitely a police service issue. It's just the challenge that frontline officers find themselves to be with. What used to be a big city problem is no longer just a big city problem. You know, the yeah. drugs and the guns and the gangs are everywhere. And uh, unfortunately, mental health uh, challenges are everywhere. You know, the, the fentanyl and meth craze yeah. that has taken over so many people. It, we live in a very different society. And, and uh, these kinds of dangers can, can be faced by officers just about anywhere. And, and at any time. So it's, it's changed quite a bit. You only have to go into any small town. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I just have to be traveling right now through some northern communities. And you see it everywhere you go now. You see the people that are on the streets, uh, heavily addicted and heavily drugged out. And therefore having all kinds of mental challenges and mental psychosis happening. And officers are attending to these kinds of people every day. So it's a much more dangerous world for, for police officers to function in today. And those are the challenges. And what needs to happen is you and I have talked many times is we've got to get back to some basics and start fixing this broken justice system of ours. And mm. when you lock somebody up for a serious crime, they should stay locked up until they have a trial. And then they should, if they're found guilty, they should do their time and so on. But the revolving door is not helping at all either. No, and certainly, uh, you know, not, no government at any level is doing much to deal with uh, the opiate crisis, which has been an emergency raging for years. And uh, it's just kind of uh, turned the, t- turn the cheek, leaving these smaller communities to deal with it. But it has to be dealt with because it's a big, big part of the problem. All right, Dave, I know that you're en route traveling. I very much appreciate your time. Thoughts to you and the others uh, who always, I know, are very heavy hearted on, uh, on days like this. So thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you. And my, my thoughts to the families of these two officers. Yeah, tough day for them. That's Dave Perry. And certainly who wants to be knocking on that door? That will be the job, I assume, of the police chief up at Simcoe. And uh, not not a knock you want to be making on the door that you know this morning. But that is the job that he or she will be tasked to do.